Well, hello again, and thanks for downloading our podcast, Manage Your Money God's Way. We're from Compass Catholic Ministries. We're dedicated to helping you discover smarter ways to manage your money. Whether you're in debt or free of debt, we have the resources available to help you reach your financial goals and live with a sense of joy and contentment. Learn more about how we can help. Check out our website, compasscatholic.org. My name is Steve Holbrook, and I'm joined by John and Evelyn Bean, the co-founders of Compass Catholic Ministries. Today, our discussion is all about the Christmas buying season. Yes, check the calendar. I know this is June, Christmas six months away, but we want you to be smart, be sensible when it comes to spending. Right, Evelyn? You know, and this year, it's really important because so many people are still recovering financially from the pandemic. Even if you survived without any financial harm, Maybe your brother, your sister, your aunts, uncles, cousins, friends, parents have had financial problems in losing jobs or their small business got shut down or they were laid off or they completely lost their job. So it's very important to encourage yourself and those around you not to get into one penny of debt this Christmas. Many Americans tend not to think about Christmas until November and the holiday season can be a major financial drainage year. So It would be a good idea, and what we're going to talk about all during the show today is to start saving now for Christmas with all the effects of the pandemic, like Evelyn was saying, it's even more important not to be going into more debt this year just because it's Christmas. You've got enough stuff to catch up on over the past four months, and it's time to start planning. Even if you're in financially good shape, perhaps those around you need help. So the problem is that many people don't take whatever they spend on Christmas and divide it by 12 and save that amount of money every year. And the result is that they're just going to whip out plastic credit cards for Christmas spending. And those Christmas costs are just going to escalate credit card debt. Absolutely. They're going to be riding in the clouds like Rudolph. So we did a survey um, from Magnify Money that indicated that 44% of shoppers racked up more than $1,000 of holiday debt, and 5% accumulated more than $5,000 in debt. So paying off those balances can, can take months, it can take years in some cases. Only half of the people surveyed expected to be able to repay their debt within three months, and a third of 29% said they would need more than five months to pay it off. And that leads to uh, additional interest that gets piled up on your credit card and the balances, and the balances continue to grow. It's really bad, but 10% of people who took on holiday debt said they would only be able to make minimum payments on credit cards. And that's over past Christmases. So I think this year is going to be even worse. And just to explore or give you an example of what that means, if you accumulated $1,054 of debt over Christmas on a credit card, and the credit card was at 16%, 15.9 is what I actually calculated. If you only paid $25 a month, which is about the minimum, you would pay five years to pay off that $1,054. That's unbelievable. And that doesn't count Christmas from 2021 and 2022. It's only for this year. You don't want to pile up that debt. 
you need to start saving money now. And I know it's going to be hard. you got so many other things. But I know that you want to do Christmas. Everybody wants to do Christmas. So you got to be planning for it now. So here we are in the middle of June. So Christmas six months away. So it would be safe to say that right now you should have a clear vision on how much you should be spending for Christmas so you don't go either deeper into debt or into debt at all. Steve, I totally agree with what you said about planning. I have a problem with using the word should how much you should be spending for Christmas. Because I think that's where a lot of people get into trouble. Mm -hmm. They think they should be buying presents for this person, or they should spend this much on that person, or they should buy the kids this much stuff. And all those shoulds add up to, in many cases, spending they can't afford. So I think the key word is how much you can spend on Christmas, how much you can afford to spend on Christmas. So should you have these conversations now with your family? With your family, with your friends, with your spouse, about with your gift kids. Exchange. Yeah. yeah. Or let's not do it. Let's yeah. not do it. Or let's do a, a grab bag or let's do a, what do they call it? Chinese, Chinese, Chinese gift yeah. exchange where everybody gets to take one and steal another one. That word should. <laughs> Six little letters is going to get you four capital letter bad word. D-E-B-T, right? That's it. What are we going to do, Evelyn? How can we get started? Well, let's let's clarify one thing. There's no law that says you have to spend a certain amount on Christmas or you have to buy certain people gifts or you have to keep up with all the neighbors as far as the decorations and the parties and all that kind of stuff. So the first thing is set your budget based on where you are now financially and what you can afford to save over the next few months. I think that's a great idea. Just think about it. You know, Do you think that this is what the Lord had in mind when he... Uh, when we celebrate the birth of Jesus, that you're going to be taking on debt and taking months to pay it off. That's why we're talking about Christmas here in the summertime, because we need to think about it now. We're six months into the year, and it's not too late to start saving to avoid the Christmas debt, because you still have five months to build a nice little Christmas savings account. Now, I can hear a lot of people thinking, I can't afford to spend money to save money for Christmas. In some cases, I'm sure that's true. But what's the, what's the follow-up question? Well, then you don't need to be spending money for Christmas. And how do you think you're going to afford to pay it off after Christmas if you can't afford to save before Christmas, right? Yeah, yeah Absolutely. Everything has to be done within reason, especially this year, more so than ever before. So many people get into debt because they just haven't planned ahead and they haven't saved or given it any thought to creatively reduce the costs of Christmas. You know, if you're any way kind of handy, maybe this is the year that you make a lot of Christmas presents. My dad used to do that all the time. He would make Christmas presents. You know, he'd spend a minimal amount. Uh, typically, they were made out of wood, but not always. The cost of wood for a Christmas present might be 3 or $4. You spend four or five hours making it, putting your love into that. It's a great way to give somebody a meaningful gift for Christmas. And he's been gone for how long now? We still have that round checkerboard box he made for us. Yeah, We've he's got been several gone. different things. Yeah, he's yeah. been gone for a long time. and There's we some still reindeer treasure. that go on the table. They're cut out. You have to kind of put them together like a jigsaw puzzle. but. <laughs> and you don't move them once they're together or else they fall <laughs> apart. <laughs> 
So one of the things about saving and planning ahead for Christmas is that you avoid that last minute rush to buy presents and all that stress on the holiday spending when you're where you're seeking to buy something for somebody and you just don't know what to get them. So you get anything that's available and you're overspending because you're in a hurry and you're stressed out. And you really don't need to buy presents to show your love, especially for your spouse. Truth in broadcasting here, we don't get each other presents. We stopped doing that, I don't know, 15 years ago? I think we stopped when we couldn't afford it and then we never started again. (laughs) (laughs) Well, save me the embarrassment of having to take everything back that I bought her. So, <laughs> you know, one fear that I have that people are going to use the experience that they went through for three, four months as a reason they need to splurge mm-hmm. on gifts. You know, my husband was such a trooper. My wife was such a trooper. Our kids were great during they this. They deserve exactly. it. Exactly. That was yeah. the word I was going to throw out there. Yep. They deserve do you and deserve that kind of debt? That's what I want to ask yeah. you. It's easy to justify. I mean, it's easy oh, yeah. to justify anything you want to spend your money on. But again, it gets back to what's the right way to celebrate Christmas? Is it mm-hmm. about overspending and getting into debt? And the answer is no, it's not about that. It's about having family traditions and good times with family and friends and celebrating the birth of Jesus, not about buying stuff you can't afford. Well, and take the Advent season and do it as a family thing. Do all the readings together as a family. Do the prayers. Light the uh, Advent candle you know, every night and, and say prayers around it. Really make it a big deal this year. That's a good way to get into the Christmas holiday spirit a lot longer, a lot earlier than, well, of course, now Christmas starts when? Labor Day? I think that brings us to the second reason of why you shouldn't be spending too much money. And, and think about all the stuff that you already have. You probably have enough stuff. And if there's things that you really do need, are there? The answer is probably yes, but could they be a Christmas gift? Could that be the thing that you do, that stuff that you really do need to get? All these poor little kids listening to the radio are listening to mom and dad buying underwear for them. (laughs) (laughs) right yep absolutely absolutely hey if you need it you need it right (laughs) just what every child is dreaming of underwear this is manage your money god's way we are from compass catholic ministries teaching what the bible tells us are the best ways to handle money learn how we can help you manage those funds by going to compasscatholic.org today john and evelyn are preparing you for your first post-pandemic Christmas. And Evelyn, backtrack a bit and explain to us the reasoning behind you and John stopping the practice of exchanging Christmas gifts. Well, Steve, I'm glad you asked that. One of the reasons is because we would rather go places and travel and have experiences instead of having more stuff. Because the best part about experiences is that we can enjoy them together. And at this point, our ability to travel is so much more important to us than simply buying things. So how long at least you, it was. How long have you been doing this? Oh, a long time. About 20 years. More, maybe. Yeah. I, well, I think we probably stopped buying each other presents in the first or second year of our financial difficulties, which began in 1987. Did you think those purchases for Christmas for each other were not what you really wanted or needed or we couldn't afford them Ah, okay that's (laughs) more important to buy stuff for our son and we just decided it was a conscious decision not to get things for each other because we just didn't have the money we were really really tight on finances at that point in time but you felt obligated because it's christmas and you gotta buy yeah yeah. gotta have something under the tree yep 
once things started to turn around, we did kind of reinvent it a little bit. We couldn't buy anything that the other person really wanted. Or needed. Because we, we couldn't express what we really wanted because we didn't really have any huge needs. Mm-hmm. One, of the, one of the things that, that came out of this whole transformation that we went through was a sense of contentment. When you've got that sense of contentment, and you see all these ads and stuff like on Christmas time, and you got to have this, you got to have that. It it just doesn't really get you too excited about it. And was it hard to have a conversation about that? That you know, Christmas season's coming. Let's not buy gifts for each other. I mean, was it a very conscious, or was it? Did you initiate it, John, or you initiated Evelyn? How, how did that conversation go? I think Evelyn probably initiated it, but uh, it, that was great with me because one, we couldn't afford it, and and two. I was always struggling. I mean, we've struggled to buy each other Christmas presents since before we were married. Mm-hmm. We've always struggled with it, and it just seemed like, man, this is the right way to go. So the first couple of Christmases, was it tough? No. Okay. no it wasn't at no. all. I mean, uh-uh. I don't know. Stuff just has never mattered. After we got over the initial hump of our financial difficulties, the stuff just wasn't that important anymore. You know, I think people have to get used to that or to be, as you say, um, content. It's, stuff is not important. Well, and it gives Christmas a whole new meaning. I mean, it's just so much calmer and quieter and more um, relaxing now. It's not that constant rush to find the perfect present. Now, we'd still do things for the kids and the grandkids, obviously. Right, that's fun. But there again. And we put up a tree. I mean, it's not like we're total Grinches or anything. But I'm not the grandma that's going to go out and spend money to shower the kids with everything they could always need. Their living room is not a toy store. No, not when they're at this grandma's house. In fact, they don't get toys from us. Some, not not maybe one. Not scads of toys. No, uh-uh. It's it's more about experiences and things that we've tried to do with them to take them places or do things like that. Which I really believe you have a longer memory span for that than you oh, do, because yeah. I can remember things my parents would do with us when I was ten, eleven years old. I couldn't tell you one thing they got me for Christmas when I was ten or eleven. One year I made a poem and. Um, the kids had to guess where they were going. I think we took them to Legoland or I don't remember where we took them, but it was a poem that they had to figure yeah, out I what the that. meaning was. And they could only, add, each one of them only got one question and then they had to guess. And I mean, we try to make it fun or we'll do um, scavenger hunts around the house yeah. and send them to different places in the house to, and we don't tell them go to the bathroom and pick up this. We say, you know, it's in a room that's wet, try to find thus and such. So we try to make it fun even though it's not an extravagant gift-giving exercise. It's like that when I go to the store a couple of months ago trying to find toilet paper. (laughs) (laughs) Well, the other thing that we do that I think is different than a lot of families is there's not this mad grab to open up all the presents. We distribute the presents. Everybody has a pile of their presents in front of them, and then the youngest person opens one. And the next oldest opens one. And the next, and everybody goes in a turn to open up presents, and that slows down that rush when the kids tear through 50 presents in 10 minutes and then they say what's next yeah that's not an experience at all that you want to emulate and so but i remember when i was a little kid every christmas we lived in denver and the uh, forest service would clear certain mountain ranges and we would drive up into the mountains the second saturday of december and we would cut our own christmas tree so we would have a fresh tree and we'd spend all day, you know, driving up, cutting the tree down, bringing it home. It, it was, uh, 
And I think, you know, the Forest Service charged you like $5 or something like that. See, in Philadelphia, you would have been arrested. <laughs> I was thinking in Pittsburgh, we went to the lot behind Ed's Bar and Grill and bought the, the Christmas tree that wouldn't stand up straight when you got it home. And you had to tie it to the window to make it stand up straight now, and turn it so that the beer side was against the wall. My brother and I did that one year. I don't know how long we were when we went to the next door neighbor in the middle of the night and cut their tree no, down. No, you didn't. <laughs> you know, of course, we didn't think ahead to say they're going to figure out by the... Uh, that, hmm, I had a tree out there yesterday and it's gone. And why are there tracks towards our house? And of course, my dad going, where did you get that? How long did it take your neighbors to come knocking on your door? Uh, that next day. And how much trouble were you in? Big time. I think we cut her yard for three or four summers. That's payback. Seriously. For free. Yeah, for free. And what lesson did you learn, Steve? Hide the army belt and wooden spoon. <laughs> That's funny. But it, those are the kind of memories, like you said, that you look back on and laugh about and cherish and enjoy, not the ones where you got a Tonka truck when you were six years old or, you know, a pair of lace slippers when you were 10 or something. But we still talk about a time uh, when our son was about uh, 12 or 13 years old. He wanted a golf club. A specific, he wanted a sand wedge. How do you wrap a sand wedge? It's pretty difficult. It's hard to disguise it. <laughs> so, you know what we did? We put it on the back of the tree, upside down, with the blade over one of the branches. Oh, okay. The shaft of the club hung down the back of the, of the trunk. You couldn't see it. And then we played hot and cold oh, for him really? to find it. <laughs> it took him 15 or 20 minutes. <laughs> and we still talk about that today. So the other reason that we don't buy presents for each other is because we share our money. I mean, I know a lot of couples keep their money separate, his and hers, but ours has always gone into one big pot. So essentially, if I'm buying you a present, I'm spending your money as much as my money. That's true. So it seems like I shouldn't be spending your money to buy you a present. If you need stuff, you should buy it out of your budget during the time when you need it. You know, if, it, if you need something in, in September, don't wait until Christmas to go buy it. Buy it when you need it. And, and that's kind of been our, our philosophy of, uh, and then you're not just spending money to spend money. I think that's really important. So what's your thoughts on layaway programs? Oh, I think that's a great idea. It's kind of like saving ahead for Christmas. So mm -hmm. if you can do a layaway, that's great. I don't know if they, I, I don't know if you can go in today, you know, in June and start a layaway program for I don't know if the stores sure have them this early. They do. Yeah. Um, I think some of the uh, the bigger box stores and, you know, uh, Walmarts and, and places like that okay. will allow you to do that. And I'm sure that there'll be a lot more of that this year. I hope so. Than there has been in the past. But I think that's a great idea. So one of the places that is important to start is to figure out how much you're going to how much you spent last year for Christmas and that includes everything it's travel parties special meals gifts decorations and then divide that cost by the number of paydays until Christmas and that's an important thing you know if you get paid every other week there's an extra paycheck in there between June and, and December more than if you get paid twice a month or if you only get paid once a month then you know you really got to plan that out. But if you can save just a little bit to meet your Christmas budget every payday, then that makes it much less onerous and much less, much less likely that you'll run up debt to pay for Christmas things. And like we said, uh, cut down on the number of gifts to give your finances a little bit of a rest. Maybe you can make some of your gifts and uh, talk about it with the rest of the family. You know, you've got 
the 4th of July coming up. Maybe the, all the family will be together. Uh, it's a great time to start thinking and talking about how can we cut back for Christmas considering everything that we've been through. And, you know, the problem with that discussion is nobody wants to be the first one to bring it up. You know, nobody wants to be the Grinch that says we need to cut back on Christmas. So everybody's hesitant to bring it up. But once one person brings it up, everybody's like, yeah, I'm really glad you said that. And I think there's a tactful way of doing that because there are going to be those whose pride is hurt because they were furloughed or laid off, but they don't want to admit I'm having a financial problem. Yeah, I totally agree with that. So, Steve, you know that present I got you last year? You want it back? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And so you can give it back to me? (laughs) You know, a mom shared with us her formula for Christmas gift giving, which I thought was a great idea to keep things sane. Every kid gets five presents. Something to wear, something to share, something to read, something they need, and something they want. So that kind of covers every area of what a child would need or get at Christmas, and it keeps things sane. You're not buying 18 presents per child. As a family this year, focus on the real reason for the season to to celebrate the birth of our Savior. Make a commitment to focus on the spiritual side of Christmas. And remember that Christmas is the time of the year that we should celebrate the birth of Jesus. And now's the time to discuss how you're going to do that. Figure it out now. Don't wait. You're relaxed now. Just go into it calmly. Don't get all excited. And stay out of debt this Christmas. So really make an effort to curb your spending, not just around the Christmas season, but all the time. Now, Evelyn has prepared a great blog on this topic. The blog is titled Prepare for Your First Post-Pandemic Christmas. It's available at compasscatholic.org. And before we get out of here today, John and Evelyn are going to answer a few emails that we received this week. And the first one involves student loans. John and Evelyn, I have two student loans, one for $17,000, the other for $13,000. Now, the $13,000 loan is in deferment. Should I focus on the $17,000 loan or continue to also pay the $13,000 loan? You have to make sure that the loan that is in deferment is not accruing any interest. And you have to be blunt about your questioning. Ask them outright. If it's not accruing interest, then I think you should concentrate as hard as possible to pay off the $17,000 loan so that when the $13,000 loan comes off a deferment, you can focus and concentrate on paying it just as quickly as possible. All right, John and Evelyn, this one involves investment property. I recently sold a piece of property and I'm wondering what to do with the proceeds. Should I purchase another property or use the cash to pay down the mortgage? I love the idea of paying down on your home mortgage. And then once you've got your home mortgage paid off, you're going to be in a position to have more money and to save and to invest without having to worry about a mortgage payment where you live. And I don't think anybody can realize what a relief it is to get that mortgage paid off until it actually happens to you. That was a huge thing for us, that's for sure. Okay, here's our next question. When I saw the returns on my investment recently, I was sick and mad at my advisor. When should I express my concern and what kind of questions should I be asking? 
you know, it can be a sinking feeling when you look at that statement and it's lower, your investments are lower than it was the previous month. But unless you're selling them and cashing them out, the loss is just on paper. It hasn't hit your pocketbook yet, right, John? Absolutely. And, and the other piece to that is that as the market goes down, it also goes up. And in every situation where we've had major losses, like in 2008 and nine, you know, the market dropped a bunch, then it went back up and, and absolutely surpassed what it was before it made that drop. The market is something that you get into for the long term. Very few people can make money in the short term and they're doing a lot of risky things. That's not where you want to be. Even with the, the market loss in the pandemic, when it dropped so fast from the end of January uh, into February, and by the 1st of April, the 1st of May, it had already recovered more than 50% of what it dropped in the two months prior. So it's a paper loss right now. In another six months, maybe a year, you're going to be probably above where you were when it started following. Stay long-term. Stay your course. And our final email for today, John and Evelyn, my husband refuses to go to church with me. And when I ask him about our finances, he becomes defensive. Is there a way I can approach him and encourage him to work with me? You know, there's two separate things going on here. There's your husband's refusal to go to church, and then there's the financial thing. So separate those. There are two different things that you need to handle differently. As far as him going to church, the best thing you can do is to pray for him and to continue to invite him to accompany you. And you might want to ask him if he would help you to learn how to manage money well and if he would spend just a little bit of time training you. You know, he may not want to attend a class like Set Your House in Order or Faith and Money Matters, you know, a Bible study if he can't even go to church. He's probably not going to go to a Bible study. If the two of you can sit down and just kind of naturally have discussions about the best way to handle the money, uh, your family finances, that might be a step in the right direction. As always, John and Evelyn, thank you so very much. Now, if you have some questions for John and Evelyn, maybe you need some help with a financial challenge in your life, by all means, send us your questions. They love hearing from you. They would love to help. Their email address is ask, A-S-K, at compasscatholic.org. Also want to remind you about our brand new YouTube channel. It's called Compass Catholic. Check it out for new weekly video series called Catholic Stewardship in Real Life. Simply go to youtube.com, search for Compass Catholic. You can subscribe so it's easier on your next trip, but it's youtube.com. For John and Evelyn Bean, thank you so much for taking the time to download our podcast. And remember, we have a brand new podcast for you each and every Wednesday morning. Simply go to compasscatholic.org, scroll down on the homepage, click on podcast. You can grab this one, but you can also download any podcast that we've done. We've got a nice archive library for you. This is Manage Your Money God's Way, and we're from Compass Catholic Ministries. Compass Catholic Ministries.